0: We're joined on the line now by Mohammed Nala, analyst at NetBank Capitals. Good morning, Mohammed.
1: Morning, Sakira. Morning to the listeners.
0: Now, developments in uh, Europe as uh, German and Greek finance ministers are set to meet. Yes, yeah, so
1: in fact, that meeting happened yesterday. And, and, and what an antagonistic meeting. I mean, if you had a look at the body language, I mean, the Financial Times had the most interesting picture. You've got this, this Greek finance minister, obviously newly appointed in office, looking very confident. And then you've got the German finance minister, and he's looking decidedly grumpy. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not in the camp where I believe this Eurozone falls apart, but I certainly think that given this current context, the risk of that has definitely escalated quite materially. Uh, not only was the body language quite terse, uh, but just let me give you some sort of snippets in terms of the commentary. When initially the German finance minister coming out saying that they had agreed to disagree with the Greeks, and after that, the Greek finance minister coming out and saying, we didn't even reach an agreement on agreeing to disagree. So <laughs> this tells you how <laughs> ridiculous this really is, is going to get. The Germans pushing for very firm austerity. Whereas if you have a look at the Greeks, they have a clear mandate uh, from their electorate. Uh, they are very much a left-wing party. Their electorate is saying, push through some structural reforms, but we're tired of austerity. We're tired of this, what has effectively been a great depression in Greece over the course of the last two years. So let's see how that actually materializes. I, I just think that this rift is getting a lot wider and wider. We, we're seeing bond yields on Greek bonds continuing to, to escalate. Uh, and unfortunately, if this does fall in a heap, it's going to have pretty dire ramifications for us as South Africa, because it creates moral hazard within Europe in terms of the eurozone staying together. It will be a drag in terms of European growth, and Europe remains a very large trading partner of South Africa. So we almost have a vested interest to try and see Europe succeed and to try and get onto a new growth path.
0: Mm, and then, of course, Eskom. Um Mohammed, Eskom is on everybody's mind, and they've moved to Stage 3 load shedding. How concerned are you at this point?
1: Well, well firstly, let me start off with a little bit of something lighthearted. I think the President uh, Robert Mugabe, north of our borders, is not the only thing that falls down. Uh, the other things that are falling down <laughs> are the coal prices, uh, and as well as our electricity generation capacity. So, you know, unfortunately, I'm very concerned. I mean, if, if you just have a look at it, I mean, Stage 2 and Stage 3 load shedding is... It's fairly rampant. A little bit of confusion yesterday in terms of whether they were on stage two or stage three. But regardless of that, if you just drive through certain swathes of Johannesburg and I'm sure other countries in sorry, other, other cities in South Africa. You've seen businesses that are shut down because they cannot operate without power and they don't have the capacity to have generators. And what I'm thinking about here are the smaller businesses. I'm not talking of the bigger businesses that have the ability to put in generators. This is going to hurt uh, those, those smaller businesses very hard. And unfortunately, those are the businesses we need in order to start creating job growth in South Africa last year, unfortunately, the big impediment to domestic growth was the labor unrest. And that cut off roughly a, percent, a one percentage point from our GDP. If this energy crisis continues like this, and remember, I understand there's a high maintenance load right now, but we're not even in winter. If we go into the winter months and if this gets any worse, uh, I see that as a massive constraint in terms of uh, potential South African growth here. I think that certainly vindicates our reserve banks' revision lower. Significantly lower, I must say, in terms of their GDP forecast at 2.2%. But I must stress, if this gets any worse than it is currently, there's still some downside risk even to that number. And that, unfortunately, is bad news, not just for you and me and smaller businesses, but for the country as a whole.
0: Mm. And, Mohamed, um U.S. jobs data coming out today, what can we expect? So, Sakina, so, you know, this, I guess, is the main
1: focal point in terms of, uh, on the data front today. Uh, U.S. jobs numbers and non-farm payrolls out this afternoon. Yesterday, we had initial jobless claims, and that's almost a bit of a precursor in terms of what you would expect to see in terms of the headline and non-farm payrolls or the unemployment number. Uh, U.S. employment has been looking a lot better. The unemployment rate is dipped below 6% right now, uh, and if this continues to build momentum, it will bolster the case for the U.S. to hike rates sometime during the next six months or so. So let's keep an eye out on that. I think the market is fixating on it. Uh, I don't think you can make a judgment call on a single data point. If you ask me right now, the trend is generally stronger in terms of the U.S. economy. A couple of areas of concern, yes, and the data is a little bit mixed, and fourth quarter wasn't so good. But I still think there's a very distinct possibility that the U.S. Federal Reserve will hike rates during the course of this year and that our Reserve Bank will have to follow suit when that does actually happen.